Hello, everyone. Welcome to Brew Jackets, a fun Blue Jackets-themed podcast. My name is Kevin. Joining me tonight, we have my guy, Hefty Duck, and my guy, William. On today's show, a lot of stuff going on in the Blue Jackets world. We got to talk about the last three games that the Blue Jackets played. They lost to the Sabres. No, I'm sorry. Back that up. They played the Ducks, and they beat them 7-4. Then they lost to the Sabres 2-1. And this past Sunday, the Blue Jackets beat the New York Rangers 4-2. Matthew Olivier got into a big fight. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, We got some Gavin Brindley stuff to share. Blue Jackets prospect Gavin Brindley. Also, we got Blue Jackets prospect William White lost stuff to share. And uh, so much more. A lot of stuff going on in the Blue Jackets world, and we're going to talk about it. So welcome uh, to the show, everyone. Tons. Welcome in, welcome in. Thanks, everyone, for being here. There's uh, there's something I want to talk about first because it was kind of one of the biggest news here recently. Um, so one, great win against the Rangers. Nice win against the Ducks, too. Uh, I mean, they're not quite as highly ranked as the Rangers are, but nice win. Uh and, you know, the Sabres, it is what it is. It's because I was at that game. So, of course, um, it's, you know, kind of you, tough. You were at the game on um, Sunday and they won. Ace so. says Strongbow, a cider. Uh, Ace, hey, have a real brew. I have a, um allergy to wheat, barley, and rye, and that would kill me. So, I think and... I'll stick to ciders, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who Sorry. is this person? Do you guys know this Ace person? I don't. Uh, I don't know. He's a Bruins fan, though. So. Ah, okay, okay. Just curious. Just curious. Anyway, there's some leaves. First thing tonight. So, um, there's a new player on the team, and an old one has mm-hmm. left. So, Emil Bemstrom is. Uh, yeah, I got you. Uh, Emil Bemstrom is uh, has been traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, mm-hmm. or Alexander yeah. Nylander. The younger brother of uh, the other William Nylander, William, William Nylander, and um, so that, that's pretty cool. I, I mean, it's like uh, oh, two pod stack pods. Oh, okay. What's up, Ace? How's it going? Um, there is a gluten free brewery around here too. I just I cannot ever find their stuff in stores, and it's like a two hour drive for me. So maybe one of these times. Um, but and thanks for the comments too. We appreciate that too. We always love you know talking to the guys uh, during the show. I mean, we don't have we don't have a strict set schedule here because we do it live. Um, so uh, new guy, Alex Nylander. I could see him play there night in person, and that was that was pretty neat. Uh, I'd say at the moment he made. A, I mean, it's his first game, you know, for this team. At the moment, he kind of he produced about as much as Emil did, so <laughs> uh, not much. Uh, but okay, so there's a stipulation to this as, as well because okay, Emil Bemstrom was like a UFA after this season; he could have walked, and we could have got nothing for him. Um, but we got a sixth round draft pick with the condition: if uh, Bemstrom gets six goals for the Penguins the rest of this year. It turned into a third round pick, which could be huge. And he went and scored in his like very first game for the Penguins, too. So I, you know, maybe, 
maybe we'll get the third round pick. I'm not going to hold my breath for it. You know, a pick's a pick. Oh, yeah. right? And, and you know, there's always uh, Nylander. I don't exactly know what kind of player he is yet. You know, I only saw him once in person. Uh, he seemed pretty speedy. He seemed um, eager to get back on the uh, on defense as well. So that's good to see because uh, there's a couple uh, who may be out there who uh, have not. Do not uh, do that as much. <laughs> they... Back check's a little rough sometimes. Yeah, so what I saw, of, again, it's one game. It's a small sample size of Alex Nylander. But from what I saw, I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was good. And he played good on the third line with <clears throat> Cole, Cole Sillinger and uh, Kent Johnson. And after the game, I was on Twitter, and the numbers back this up is that when they were on the ice, the analytics for them were good. Again, it's one game, a small sample size, but so far, it it looks good, you know. And from what I've seen is from Alex Nylander, he has a similar story of Emil Benstrom. He's been a little up, a little down. He's had his moments where he doesn't look good, but then he has moments where he does look good. And when he does look good, it's just like, wow, that was an awesome play right there. Yeah. Like Emil Benstrom. And in terms of Emil Benstrom, John it, Davidson's first move. It's yep. It's John Davidson's first move. He is the interim G- GM for the Blue Jackets. But in terms of Emil Benstrom, he was an average at best player for the Blue Jackets. Some ups, some downs. Sometimes he wasn't there. Sometimes he was there. And when he was there, you really did notice him, whether that be offensively or defensively. He did have a really good shot that he used to score some big goals for the speedy Blue Jackets. Too. He's speedy. He's really good on the power play, so there are some things he did good for the Blue Jackets. But you have to think it just comes down to this, is that I do think that Benstrom was eventually going to get to the point where he wasn't going to have a spot on the Blue Jackets anymore. And for this reason and this reason only, is that when you look at where the Blue Jackets are right now, they're slowly building themselves up. They have a lot of young up-and-coming talent that's either here or will be here in the next year or two. And you could start to see it already. Guys like Kent Johnson, Cole Sillinger, Yegor Chinakov. David Yurchak. David well, Yurchak. forward, but you know, but these David, guys are but, cooking. But, but you, can, you can see it right now. You got guys like Kirill Marchenko, Cole Sillinger, Kent Johnson, Yegor Chinakov, Dmitry Voronkov. You can start to see some of these guys already playing with the Blue Jackets, playing good, and they're already mm-hmm. taking spots. So whatever chance you had, it's already getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And if you're not going to take that spot now, you're eventually going to get to a point where you don't have that spot anymore. Because now, you think about it, eventually Gavin Brindley's going to be here. You know, Jordan Dumay is going to be here. Eventually, Spozo. a guy like Sposal, a guy like, Corson Kuhlman's, David Yurichek, a James Malatesta. You know, you can go down the list of all the prospects that the Blue Jackets have, and they look good. Eventually, these guys are going to come, and if you don't take this spot now, you're not going to have it. And eventually, that's what has happened to, to Emil Benstrom. You just, you know, you had your good moments there. You just weren't able to be consistent and take that spot to where it's yours and that there's nothing that you could do to take it away from them. 
he never had that, you know, he didn't do it. It was just, you were yeah. just sometimes good. Well, and that's what it is. Down it's down cool on waivers. a draft pick for him and a player. It's, it's yeah. Cause they had sent him down on waivers a couple of times and he came back up. I mean, he's a good player. He's like almost too good for the AHL and almost Almost not quite for the NHL. Not that he isn't. I mean, he's obviously scores goals and he plays well, but there's a log jam in players right now, mm-hmm. just in general. You know, um, in the defensive positions, especially, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, all trade rumors out there, um, if some defensemen may get traded. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at a couple other moves, but like because he's the interim GM, I could also understand if David John Davidson doesn't make many more moves because there's a new GM coming and they have a plan. Um, so one thing real quick. Um, so yeah, he uh, Emil Bemstrom got sent down on waivers a couple of times. Uh, do you think that maybe he lasted a, as long as he did in, in part because? Yarmo, I drafted him. It probably played a role in into that, but what I also think what played a role into that is that I think he just has the qualities, the type of qualities that you want in a player, and you just don't want to give up on. You don't want to be that that guy and and say let's say he doesn't want you you trade him or whatnot, and then he goes to another team and then he plays really good. It's like, damn, that should that could have been us. <laughs> Dude, it could happen too. It's happened to the Blue Jackets several it, times. It, it's happened to the Blue Jackets, and the Blue Jackets have been a benefit to that. Where they get some guy who hasn't played as good, and then they comes to the Blue Jackets, and he plays really good. Sam Gagne was an example of that. You know, he had some moments where he looked good for the Oilers, but then he just was just eh. And then he, and then they let him go. The Blue Jackets signed him on a one-year deal for the 2016-2017 season, and he's an absolute stud, and he dominates. He plays so good to the point to where he plays himself out of a contract for the Blue Jackets because the contract that he would have, you know, got, well, he did get a contract, but it was just too expensive for the Blue Jackets to pay. They wouldn't have been able to afford it. But That's true because um, there's a lot of RFAs this year, pending RFAs, and they're going to need to sign new contracts. Yeah. Uh, you know, off the top of my head, uh, Johnson, I think Chinikov signed last year. Um, and But there, there's a couple more, and they need to sign. They're going to have to be paid more because they're performing right. so well. I mean, like, so look at Veronica. I, look at- I do think in terms of Benstrom, I think Yarmo drafted that probably had something to do with it, but I think it's because the thing is you look at him, he's good on offense, and that sh- he's good on the power play, and that shot that he has – We've seen them do it with the Monsters and the Blue Jackets. That's just a special talent that you really can't teach someone. You know, very few players have a shot like that. And and he's good defensively. He has other good qualities as well. But you would, me personally, I think those qualities that he has has something to do with it. You would hate to to give that up, and then he starts cooking somewhere else. And oh shit, that should have been us. Because that that or they're like Seth Jones, well, and they move on to not do quite as good. So I'm kind of joking. I mean, the Blackhawks aren't really the best, maybe, to showcase your talent if you're a talented player this year. No, so I do think that has something to do with it. It's probably you know probably Yarmo drafted him, but I also think because he does have that talent in particular, the 
his shot and he's good on the power play, that really talent, those stuff is kind of hard, hard to find, you know? So that probably kept what kept him in there too, is that he was also just a reliable guy. You could count on to play if you needed someone to play. There's room for people like that in the NHL, but it just got to a point to where it just like, thanks for everything, but we, we don't have, you're going to run out of time if this keeps going and it is because the blue jackets have a lot of young up and coming talent that's with them now. And it will be here eventually in the next year or two. So if you don't take this spot now, you're not going to have it. And he didn't. So off he goes and best of luck to you. And we'll see what we have with Alex Nylander. And um, either you get a sixth round draft pick or a third round draft pick, but either way it's a draft pick and that helps out. And, yeah, the Blue Jackets don't have Yarmo, but in more recent years, they've shown that they're good at drafting. So a yeah. sixth-round pick or a third-round draft pick, I'll take it. Could be surprising. So one thing about Alex Nylander real quick is that he is a pending RFA as well at the end of the season. So restricted free agents, just for anyone who might not fully know, um, you have to give them a qualifying offer, uh, and a qualifying offer is a certain amount. Um, if they reject that. I think there has to be some negotiation if you give them no the qualifying if you, offer. If you give them, well, what what it goes is this: is if you give them the offer and they reject it, you you hold their rights, and all that means right. is now you can you can negotiate Just now. trade them or something. Yeah, yeah, now you can negotiate with them to keep a deal or trade them, but now because you gave them that offer and you they, they said no. The, the team has all the cards in that scenario that the, right. that guy can't go anywhere. But if you don't give him an offer at all, then out yeah. he goes and then he can sign. As, so as uh, I just want to point out really quick one thing. And then um, William here wants to say something real quick uh, as well. So Jack Rosovic is the only pending UFA unrestricted free agent after this season at a $4 million cap hit currently. I'll be interested to see what happens with with that. Yeah. I personally am a Jack Rosovic fan. I'm a fan of all the guys, but um, you know, and the hometown guy and everything too. But you know, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Anyway, William said that he has an interesting point. So. If you think about it, and I saw this tweet when all this news about Bemstrom first broke, and it's it's been in my mind every time I've talked about this. It's just Bemstrom was a guy that Yarmo could. It was one of Yarmo's favorites. You know, Yarmo could rely on him. And then after we lose Yarmo, the first guy out is Bemstrom. I know, right? I think I saw the same tweet because that's like kind of where I was going earlier with that. Yeah. That's, That's just one to bring up if you think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and it's not, you know, anything. Oh, hey, real quick, too. I broke a story last week that was pretty interesting. Um, So I'll talk about this. Then let's go to, oh, talk about some. No, you know what? I'll talk about that later. What we need to do, because we're talking about RFAs, UFAs, prospects, and everything like that. Let's talk about some of the Blue Jackets' current prospects right now and the future. The future of the Blue Jackets. Yes. Uh, Kev, you got some stuff for us. I yeah? do. I do. Um, first, I don't 
I didn't, I didn't have enough time to get this in before the show. So I'm reading this off my phone here, which is, I saw this on Instagram and it was the top leading scores in the big 10 for hockey this season. And, uh, Gavin Brindley is number one, uh, 31 games played 20 goals, 42 points. And uh, that's averaging uh, 1.35 points per game. Wow. And um, and when you look at this list for top scores in the Big Ten, the first six players in this list are all players that played at Michigan. <laughs> so, like, we've talked about this on the show before, just like how yeah. historically, g- generally speaking, how – Michigan has a history of just being good at hockey, and the Blue Jackets have benefited that, from that, like Jack Johnson and Kent Johnson, Nick Blankenberg, Adam Fantilli, Kent Johnson, Zach Wierenski, now Gavin Brindley. So, like, when I saw that, that in this top ten list, that six of the ten players are players who play at Michigan, Gavin Br- Brindley being having the number one spot, it just, it just reinforced it to me, like, wow, like, that's pretty. That's pretty damn Define. good. That that six of the ten people in the top ten list for B- Big Ten scoring as of February two thousand twenty four are players who played at Michigan. Yeah. And then add in too for when he comes in in the future, he's already played with some of the guys that are on the team now. Yeah. He's literally played with Van Tilly, and I believe he played with Ken Johnson too for like a year before Ken Johnson came to the NHL. I think. No. That was like two years ago. Is this yeah. Kent Johnson's third third season? Am I just yeah? Hold on, yeah. I literally have it right here. So Kent Johnson came into the league during the 2021-2022 season, played like the final, I want to say like nine games of the season. Then the following year, 2022-2023, played that season, and then this okay. pe- then he played this season again. So this would be so three seasons, but this would be like his second, like full season. Right, right. Because yeah, he came in at the end of when they, after they won the championship that year. Him and uh, Nick Blankenberg, I believe. Yeah, after that season, or Michigan was in the Frozen Four, and then they got knocked out. And then this past yeah, season, true. Michigan was in the Frozen Four again and got knocked out. That's so ridiculous. that's the first thing that I'm, I've shared is uh, Gavin Brindley as of February. 2024 is the top in scoring for the Big Ten in hockey. So there's that. Um, He does. So I have some Gavin Brindley clips. Um, Wanted to show them on the show last week. I just didn't have them in time for the show, but I got them this time. So we're going to show them. Um, The first one is Gavin Brindley setting up an awesome goal. He passes it to a Michigan player and the Michigan player scores. And it was just a beautiful pass. And uh, Michigan is playing Penn state. So here's the video. This one escapes Marshall Warren. He'll stride back to get it. Sarlo is in there to let him know he's there. Little bump got rid of the puck. Now banked on for Brindley. He doesn't need much space. Good pass. Nazar and he scores. Frank Nazar and Gavin Brindley. I said, that was okay. pretty sick. Yeah, so I'll um, play it. I'll play it again so you can see it. So Gavin Brindley, number four on Michigan, who's a Blue Jackets prospect, had an awesome pass to help set up a goal for Michigan. So here's the video. 
and it happens pretty quick, so you got to pay attention to number four in the video. This one escapes Marshall well, and Warren. I don't know if it's good It'll enough for the audio listeners, but I'm not going to let him describe know this because the announcer is talking right now. What a pass! Frank Nazar that's great to see too, because that's great to see because you know we always love big goal scorers. I mean, um, we had Marchenko come in last year and get like 18 goals and like no assists, <laughs> um, which he's kind of doing the opposite this year, but um, yeah, he has so, plenty of goals. I'm not saying so that. But, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to play it one more time so you can see it. So again, pay attention on the screen. Number four, Gavin Brimley with an awesome pass. This one escapes Marshall Warren. He'll stride back to get it. Sarlo is in there to let him know he's there. Little bump got rid of the puck now. Banked on for Brindley. He doesn't need much space. Good pass. Nazar, and he scores. Frank Nazar and Gavin Brindley. I said. So there's that video. Uh, Gavin Brindley setting up and a setting up a goal with an awesome pass. Here is a goal that Gavin Brindley scored this past Friday against Notre Dame. And uh, oh, this I don't know why the the. The volume is so loud on this. That's just how it is. So, you know, if you're listening. Headphone warning. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, it's it's going to be really loud. So you might want to turn it down. Starting. Anyway. So anyways, yeah. here it is. Pretty loud at the end there. So I'll play it one more time so you can see it. So it's just a good passing play that helps set up to Gavin Brill. He's right in front of the net and he puts it in the net. Describe this a bit for people. Oh, he just gets a neat little pass there in front of the net and smashes it home you can right. see why he's such a high scorer in the ncaa because uh he's just on point there was no hesitation no mistake it was like butter man smooth <laughs> so that's the first goal uh gavin brinley also scored a goal this past saturday against notre dame and it was a snipe an absolute beautiful shot and honestly when you see the video if you're Notre Dame, you really can't be too upset about that because you played that perfectly defensively. You took away the middle of the ice because that looked like that's what Gavin Brindley wanted to do. So you forced him to the outside. You didn't really give him anywhere to do except kind of shoot it on a on a on an angle, and Gavin Brindley shoots it and he scores, and it's a beautiful snipe, just an awesome goal. So here it is, right here. A heavy load in the defensive end. Two freshmen, Nelson and Knubel. Faceoffs now even at six apiece. Edwards backtracks in his own end. Out the center to Warren. Brindley now with that speed comes in. Gavin Brindley he shoots and he scores. A bullet up top. And Brindley. He's like the fastest one out there. And you yeah. can see his strength already too. I mean, yeah, he's playing in, in college, but yeah. wow. 
So I'll play it again. I'll play it again so you can so you can see it. Just an absolute beautiful goal, a beautiful shot by Gavin Brindley. And again, honestly, if you're Notre Dame, you can't be too upset about that because you played everything right about it defensively. You kept him away from the middle. You pushed him to the outside. You gave him a hard angle to shoot at it, and he just beat you. Sometimes you just have to say, hey, we did everything we could, but he just beat us, and you tip your hat. So here's the goal again, Gavin Brindley. Awesome goal. A heavy load in the defensive end. Two freshmen, Nelson and Knubel. Face-offs now even at six apiece. Edwards backtracks in his own end. Out the center to Warren. Brindley now with that speed comes in. Gavin Brindley. He shoots and he scores! A bullet up top! And Brindley, this one. Pretty damn good goal for Gavin Brindley. Uh, one last Gavin Brindley clip, then we'll move on to the William Whitelaw goal. <clears throat> We've shown this on the show before. This seems to be a thing with Gavin Brindley, that he must be <laughs> one of the people that does this. Like It's like they threw it on a dartboard. It's like, okay, you got to be the guy that does this. And that is, it must be some sort of pregame ritual that Gavin Brindley is one of the people that just kind of like hangs out on the top of the net before <laughs> the game. We've, we've shown videos of him doing this, and I guess that he does it again. Also, in the same video, we have another angle of Gavin Brunley showing scoring that awesome goal that we just showed you. So here it is. I wonder, is that the other alternate captains? You're muted though, sorry. That's probably it, if that was my guess. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, I saw there was like a puck drop at the game. Was this one the game Adam Fantilli was at? Just a couple different angles as well. Last goal. Nice Ellie. Down the knee, pumping the fist. Perfect. That's hilarious. I'll play it one more time so you can see it, and then we'll be done with that one. I'll describe this for the audience. Basically, it looks like uh, there's three guys. Uh, Brindley's in the middle of them. And before the game, they're like having a powwow in front of the um, their goal they're defending. And they they all fall around the net and they kind of hop from the top of the back. Kind of funny. Boom. You can see he gets. So that's the goal that we watched earlier. You can see it's right over the left side. I mean, it was so fast. Like, the goalie was in the right position, almost making the right moves, but just couldn't get there in time. Uh, like, couldn't move fast enough. So there's like a really random clip here just real quick of uh, the puck drop of a game. So yeah, uh, Adam Fantilli had been seen around the um, the rink in Michigan here recently. He'd went and seen some Michigan games with his brother Luca Fantilli. That's pretty cool. And of course, it's all modern. Right? He went to 
college himself. Uh, that's those oh, are the Gavin oh. Brindley clips, and you're right, Hefty Duck. Uh, Adam Fantilli has been seen at uh, Michigan hockey games. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, let's get to Whitelaw right after. I'm going to do the ad read real quick. Perfect. We will like do the ad read that. and then the William Whitelaw goal. Excellent. All righty. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports fan partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly. And bonus bets. Uh, let's look at the live uh, DraftKings odds right now for the NHL. Uh, there are some games today. There's actually quite a few games today. Wow. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games tonight. Uh, let's see which ones are the, the biggest matchups. Okay, here we go. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights versus Toronto Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs are favored on the money line, minus 162, and Vegas Golden Knights are a plus 136. That's interesting. We also have, on the opposite side of that whole spectrum, we have the Arizona Coyotes versus the Montreal Canadiens. Look, I'm a Blue Jackets fan. I can't I can't poke much fun. All right. Um, <laughs> neither of them are favored. Uh, they're both in negative 110. So there's some some crazy odds out there tonight. Uh, tomorrow the Rangers. So we just played the Rangers recently. The Jackets did, but they do play them again tomorrow. Uh, the Rangers are favored to win. It's a home game for the Rangers, minus two fifty to plus two hundred five for the Jackets. So we'll see how that goes. That's not advice by any means. I have no clue what I'm doing when it comes to betting. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or is it www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. I don't know if I have to read the last part, but it's written here, and I'm supposed to read it all, so I do. Uh, yeah, you I do. Know. But, uh, no, you sure. know... Uh, well, uh, so from a, like I always do every week, uh, from a betting perspective in the Ohio sports world, uh, you know, bet responsibly. Um, obviously, the Blue Jackets. Uh, the crew started the season this past Saturday, got a big yeah. win, one nothing over Atlanta, so you could go bet on them. There's Baseball the Cavs. There's the Cavs. Uh, Ohio State basketball, the Bearcats. And then uh, before you know it, the Reds and Guardians will be back. So you could go bet on them when baseball season comes back. So a lot of fun stuff going on in the uh, Ohio sports world. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I just watched the Guardians game earlier. Actually, they lost to uh, Oakland like 11 to 1 or something, whatever. It's Don't remind me. It's Pre, it's preseason. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and cry about it because it's preseason. 
You know what I mean? Like for all I know, like dude, I looked at the lineup. There's like some guys I knew pretty well, and then there was also some dudes that like I don't know who they are. <laughs> they came up from the Clippers or something. Yeah. Like it's like no that. Clue. It's it's like that for the Reds too. I looked and go, oh, okay, I know that guy. Oh, I don't know who that guy. Is. <laughs> okay, never mind. I get it. I totally get it. I get it. Uh, but you know that guy for the Guardians or the Reds? You said we don't know who that guy is. He might be very well just that guy who turns out to be the next big star for the team. And then we're like, oh, I feel I feel terrible for not saying I for saying I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> yeah, that's the way she goes. It's kind of like that. I mean, not as much because we I, we pay like a lot more intense. A lot clo- more closer to the the Blue Jackets because like their preseason, I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, that guy's a PTO. <laughs> yep. This guy's been a, a prospect for this long. There's just so many players in baseball, and there's so many games. Oh yeah. But anyway, we have a couple more prospects to talk about, or at least mm-hmm. another one for sure. William yeah. Whitelaw. Um, yep. So, uh, William Whitelaw is a Blue Jackets prospect. Uh, he plays at Wisconsin. And uh, his story yeah. is that he played for the Youngstown Phantoms. He helped to win the championship. And the dude, he's a smaller dude, but he scores goals. He's really good at shooting the puck. And that's a big, there are other contributing factors, but that's a big reason why the Blue Jackets picked him in the 2023 NHL draft is he's a smaller dude that can score goals. And when you look at the history of the blue jackets, they have a history of picking dudes who are smaller, but can score goals. Example, Cam Atkinson, Artemi, yeah. Artemi Panarin, Johnny Gaudreau, and now William Whitelaw, Gavin Brindley. He's a smaller dude, but he can score goals. So it's not necessarily surprise. Jordan Dumay, smaller dude can score goals. So, it's not necessarily surprising that the Blue Jackets, again, picked another dude who's smaller but can score goals. And uh, he's been playing at uh, Wisconsin. He's been playing pretty good. And uh, here's a goal he scored. Beautiful goal by William Whitelaw. And um, also playing at Penn State, Wisconsin versus Penn State. So here it is. He was looking for Simon Mack cutting back door. Buko keeps it in deep. DeMarsico whacks at it. It's picked up by William Whitelaw. Cross ice feed to Simon Tassie. Tassie trying to cut his way into center. Finds Whitelaw. He fires and he scores. He just knew where to be. The first shot of the game for Wisconsin is a goal by William Whitelaw. You see him get the puck and he, he immediately his head is up and he finds that guy's stick. Yeah. Perfectly. And there's something that has not always been the case when it comes to the Blue Jackets um, in the last two seasons, really. I've been really noticing the passing has been a little bit at times. There's at times they show glimpses of like amazing passing, but I hope that translates to the NHL. So I will show the clip one more time of the goal scored by William Whitelaw. He is number eight for Wisconsin. So again, William Whitelaw, when you're paying attention to the video, he is number eight for Wisconsin. So here's the video. Great shot by William Whitelaw. He was looking for Simon Mack cutting back door. Bucco keeps it in deep. DeMarsico whacks at it. It's picked up by William Whitelaw. Cross ice feed to Simon Tassi. 
Tassian trying to cut his way into center, finds Whitelaw, he fires, and he scores! The first shot of the game for Wisconsin is a goal by William Whitelaw. I didn't even realize that, that was their first shot, first goal. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> 100% shooting percentage. Hey, Not that's efficient. It's, I, it reminded me of when I went to a Reds game in 2014, and at that point in time in the game, the Reds were winning one nothing. They had one run on one hit, efficient. That's pretty pretty sick. Dope. So, and so there you go. So there's videos of Gavin Brindley setting up a goal, Gavin Brindley scoring goals, and uh, William Whitelaw, another cool. Blue Jackets prospect, scoring a goal. And, you know, I'm always paying attention to Wisconsin and uh, Michigan's hockey social media to see if they post anything about them. And if yeah. I do, I clip it, and I'm like, oop, that's going to go on the show. So <laughs> I'm always yeah, paying yeah. attention. So cool. there's there's that. Uh, so, do you have any more clips? I have no more clips, but we got to talk about the two wins that they just had. Yeah, yeah. We talked a little bit about it. Um, that's actually what I was going to get into. Sweet. Um, I talked a little bit about it uh, beforehand, but the Jackets pulled out some wins. This last win. Oh, let's go back to the Ducks win. They won seven. To four. At one point, weren't they up four to zero? Yes. And the Ducks ended up scoring one, two, and then three goals. No, it was in this the Blue Jackets. So the Blue Jackets went in the first period. They're winning three nothing, and they go into the second period winning three nothing, and then oh, that's they, right. and then the Blue Jackets score a goal. Mm -hmm. One more, it's four nothing. Things are looking good for the Blue Jackets, and then uh, the Ducks score a goal, and then it would four it, goals. It just went, jeez, tied four four. Yeah, tied at four four. It just went down the pooper after that, and that yeah. was just like you got yikes. But to the Blue Jackets' credit, they came in in the third period and they scored three goals and they won seven four. And you again, is it? good that the Blue Jackets blew a four-goal lead in the second period? No, it is absolutely not good. It is not okay. I don't like that. But, However, though, it is much better that that happened in the second period than the third period because, because yeah. it happened in the second period. You have enough time to where you still have enough time to come back and try and win that game, and that's exactly what happened. You know, Something must have been said at, you know, in the locker room at the end of the second period to just, you know, get their attention and just calm them down and say, hey, you know what? That wasn't the greatest. We did score a goal, but after that wasn't the greatest period. But you know what? We still got a period to go. We can win this. And whatever said was said and it worked, it calmed them down. And the Blue Jackets went on to score three goals in that period. They came to out focused. To win 7-4. So, you know. You take away blowing the four-goal lead, and it was a pretty good game that the Blue Jackets played that game. Daniel Tarasov, he had to leave the game for a bit because he gets poked in the poked eye. In the face by his own teammate. Yeah. And, and the only reason that, that and the only reason that happens is it's a play in front of the net. So the Ducks have the puck in their offensive zone, and they shoot it, and then it goes down low. 
and Adam Boquist is in the in front of the net playing defense, getting getting the Ducks players out of there, you know, getting it clean for Tarasov so we can see. But in the process of Boquist doing that, the Ducks player pushes Boquist, and the momentum of Boquist getting pushed, that's when the stick gets into Danilo Tarasov's face because Adam Boquist got pushed by, by a Ducks player. And then because yeah. it, and then the Ducks shortly score, and then Tarasov goes down, understandably so, in pain, and then the Ducks score a goal shortly after that. And then Elvis Merzlikens comes in, and, okay, so they give up two goals. Not really his fault because he's coming in cold. But to Elvis Merzlikens' credit, he did make some big saves in that second period because that kept him, kept the Blue Jackets in the game. It kept it at 4-4 because if he didn't make those saves, that the way that game was going, that could have been a game where the Ducks could have just taken that over and whatever chance the Blue Jackets had could have been just gone. But credit yeah. to Elvis credit to Elvis Merzlikens. He made those big saves to keep the Blue Jackets in the game, tied at 4-4. Then in the third period, Danilo Tarasov, he's able to come in, finish out the game, and he plays a pretty good game. Blue Jackets score three goals, and they win 7-4. So, you take, you know, that blowing the four-goal lead thing, that sucked. But if you take that away, everything else was good about that game for the Blue Jackets. Everything yeah. else. Then you yeah, move they absolutely on. were a force there on uh, on the offense there. I mean, there uh, there was some calls that night that were kind of questionable by the refs, and I don't mean against us. Uh, I saw a replay of Boone Jenner. It's when him and Chinikov and Gaudreau were out there, which was the line change up from him, Gaudreau, and Roslevic, and. So, no, I'm totally wrong in this. What am I looking at? So we have John Gaudreau. This is power play. Anyway, yeah, Boone Jenner, basically a guy just like trips over Boone Jenner's leg, which could have been actually looked like a tripping call should have happened. Uh, then he gives it Chinikov. He races down the ice and blasts her in with a little tic-tac-toe pass from John Gaudreau. Um, yeah, but that was a good pass from Johnny Gaudreau. To dude, those passes were sick. Gaudreau passed it over to Jenner. Jenner passed it back to Gaudreau, who then passed it to Chinikov. Yeah, who just like was already ahead of the play and easy. So, uh, and so good game for the Blue Jackets. Besides blowing the four goal lead in the second period, like you uh, said, better than the third. Better than the third, so that, that that's that. And then the game against Buffalo, for me, it just comes down to this. It's just it was just kind of blah, average at best, you know, kind of sloppy passing. The Blue Jackets did have some good chances to score, but it just came down to this for me personally. When the Blue Jackets had a chance to score, they only put it one in the net. When the Sabres had a chance to score, they put two in the net. And ultimately, that was really the difference in the game right there. Is that when you had chances to score. You only put one in the net. And when the Sabres had chances to score, they put two in. And that was the end of that, unfortunately. But sometimes that's just how it works. And the Blue Jackets have been on the opposite side of that spectrum where, you know, maybe the other team is playing better, but they only put like one or two in. And then the Blue Jackets put in like 
three or four, and that's why you win the game. It just, you know, uh, kind of happens like that. Well, it's almost like um, I said this after the game. It's someone said the NHL is uh, a league of uh, like games are games of like who can make the least amount of mistakes as almost as opposed to who could be better, which obviously you make the least amount of mistakes, you're better. But Blue Jackets sometimes find ways to lose games at times. And this was one of them. They, uh, it's hard to say exactly what, like put my finger on what exactly went down, but there was definitely a breakdown between the team at that time. And I was there at that game. I had some really cool seats. I was actually at the very, very top row over by like the party tower thing, um, like where the stairs are. So I had all the leg room you could ever ask for. I, I made a post about it on the Brew Jackets. Uh, I know. See, I, I've been go- going to Blue Jackets games since 2009, and I've sat in just about any, just about every section at Nationwide Arena. And when you posted that, even I didn't know that that seat was a thing. I'm like, wow, yeah. that's a thing? That's yeah. cool. That's the second one I found this year like that. There was one over in uh, 209, which is about uh, center ice in the upper bowl. And it's at the very, very top. And because there's a post there, there's two seats in like a row of their own. Yeah. Just by themselves. And so I found that one earlier this year, too. So I'm gonna, my, my goal is let's, let's <laughs> find some other weird, weird seats around the arena. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, but, I I enjoy that though. Every every arena, every stadium usually has that like one or two seats that's kind of goofy and kind of original like that. Yeah, yeah. Some better than others. I've seen ones where they're like behind a post or something like a baseball. Game oh, or something. yeah. Um. So let's move on real quick to the Rangers Blue Jackets game. That was another one that I had the opportunity to be at and saw the Olivier fight in person, and it looked, uh. I was talking to the gentleman beside me, and I it looked like uh, Rempe. I call I kept calling him Kempe too, because oops. Uh, but Rempe, it looked like he hit his head off the back off the ice. Um, which, uh, so if you look at the picture of him recently, he's got like dark spots <laughs> on the inside of his eyes, like where his nose is. So that could come from breaking your nose, or that can happen if you get a concussion bad enough too. Um, it can damage up there so whatever happened there uh i saw a take out there that olivier didn't win that fight and i'm not exactly sure why so let me paint the picture for you real quick rempe this is first name matt matt rempe matthew rempe he's like six seven all right he's the tallest one on the ice he's taller than good branson who's six five all right, this guy is six seven. Olivier no, big is, boy. I think six foot, maybe six one. Oh yeah, so he had six inches on Olivier, and Olivier agreed. Now, from what I understand, Rampe came to Olivier and asked if he wanted to fight, and Olivier obliged because he's that guy. And uh, wow, it was a good fight in my opinion. Yeah. It was uh, it was clean. Everything went well. Uh, unfortunately, Rempe did get some injuries there. He disappeared down about like the back of the. Um, he disappeared down yeah, the, it, towards the locker room. Yeah. Sorry, William just sent me a, 
uh, inappropriate message. Uh, but so, uh, he disappeared for a while, and I didn't see him come back out until I think he came back out for like maybe a shift, and then disappeared again for like some I don't know, I don't know what went on. Maybe he had like a stitch or something, like started bleeding again. Who knows? And he did not get much playing time the rest of the night. I think he played a total of like maybe three minutes. And yeah. it's unfortunate for him, but you know, you, you live and you learn. And well, I think, yeah, the story that was told on Twitter after the game was basically this. So Matthew Olivier is out in warmups and he's, you know, he's stretching and doing legs, you know, stretching and moving his legs and get the blood going, all that stuff. And then he's right next to the dude. Right next to the uh, dude he fought. They were talking on the ice, yeah. They were talking on the ice, and basically, I'm par- I don't remember the exact context, but it was basically Matthew Levy's like, "Hey, that was a good fight, but like, are you okay? Because like, yeah, you know, because he did get it pretty good the day before, yeah. And so you're like, oh, well, that's a good fight, but I can understand why Matthew Olivia is like, hey, are you okay? And well, yeah, he's a fighter himself. He understands the risk and what happened and yeah. everything. Yeah. So he's like, are you okay? And then, you know, Rempy's like, yeah, I'm okay. And then that, and then when the game started right before, right when the game started, that's about like two minutes into the, when the game starts. Yeah. That's like two or three minutes. Two or three minutes in, that's when Rempy gets in there and challenges and then you want to fight. And then that's when he does it. And what notes from that game, actually. And to the people who were saying that, you know, Matthew Olivier didn't win that fight, I'm sorry, you're wrong. That's not objectively true. Matthew Olivier just beat the crap out of him. Beat the crap out of him, and then to save him some more, he threw him to the ground. Yeah. I think. I mean, because you could see him. I mean, he's fighting a guy with a longer arm reach and everything like that. He has a hold of his collar. He just grabs his, his the jersey with his other hand and just, like, judo throws him down to the ground and which great move wow you want to so like a good fight that was amazing it was so for the people saying that matthew olivier didn't win that fight i'm sorry you're wrong that's objectively not true (laughs) matthew olivier won he just destroyed him just boom boom, it's cool i think the guy that i saw said it has us blocked anyway (laughs) but 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 it's like it's just wrong matthew olivier won just like boom Uh, boom Boom! Just big punches, and it, and it was just a great fight. And uh, the Blue Jackets posted this picture, of Matthew Olivier, all over their social media pages. Of Matthew Olivier after the fight, it was just a great picture. So here it is. Oh yeah. The if you look at the if you watch the replay where he's doing that, he's like skating away. He like puts his arms up a little bit, and it's like. The place just went wild. It was so loud in there. I mean, I was at the time I was up in the press box. There weren't people screaming next to me, but it was loud. Like I, you couldn't have heard me say anything. People went nuts over it, and the team seemed to be inspired by it too. Yes, I mean, look, this is just a tough son of a bitch. What a what a banger! Just a beautiful picture, a tough picture. The two Mississippi uh, boy from Biloxi. The dude's got a tough look on his face, like, yeah, I just kicked your ass. Sit, I just kicked your ass, man. 
I like, that's not, I don't think that's his own blood on his face. No. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like he's just like, yeah, he's got a tough look on his face. Like he's proud of himself. Like, yeah, I just kicked your ass, dude. I just destroyed you. It was just great. And of course, blood on the face. Gladiator in the Coliseum. You know, yeah. blood on the face, blood on the jersey. <laughs> it's just a, oh God, a tough, awesome picture of Matthew Olivier. Yeah. And uh, oh. like you said, shortly after that fight uh, that Matthew Olivier did, Blue Jackets score a goal. Kirill Marchenko with an absolutely beautiful pass to Dmitry Voronkov. Blue Jackets. Can I say something real quick about Voronkov? He, with that goal, is now has 16 goals for the season. He is third of all NHL rookies this year. Well, he's third behind two people who are tied for first. So yeah. it's Connor Bedard and uh, Marco Rossi. And they have each have 17, which is only one more than he has. Granted, Bedard was out with injury for a while there, too. We'll see how that picks up from now to the end of the year. He's back. And but Vronkov, what a beast. First year oh, in, 16 goals already. Let's dude, go. He, he is such a beauty. Absolute stud of beauty. He's been so fun to watch. But uh, Vronkov scores. The Blue Jackets are winning one nothing. They take the lead. Um, the Rangers do score. They tie it up at one. And then in the second period, the Blue Jackets score. It's Kirill Marchenko, awesome goal. Rangers score again, so it's 2-2. But from that point on, Rangers didn't really have anything because then Jack Roslevic scores to make it yeah, 3-2. Great goal by Roslevic. Uh, great goal by Roslevic. Awesome pass by Jack uh, by Johnny Gaudreau to set up the goal. And then in the third period... who Johnny Gaudreau's kind of finding his, oh, his group, yeah. too. He yep. has been heating up big no. time. And then uh, Ivan Provorov scores to make it 4-2. Awesome <laughs> shot by him. So... That was basically the game right there because the Rangers, well, they, they had some chances in the third that they just couldn't put it in, and the Blue Jackets win 4-2, and Elvis yeah. Merzlikens played a great game. And overall, it was a good game played by the Blue Jackets, one of the best ones they had all season. Overall, good game played by Russians, literally. Yeah. So yeah. at one point, there was three people who scored goals, and they were all Russian. Artemi yeah. Panarin, former Blue Jacket, by the way. Uh, dude, every time, even still to today, Every time he touches the puck, he gets booed. <laughs> Let it go, people. Yeah, like, that's what we hate when like we make fun of teams for doing that to like Johnny Goodrow, for instance. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. let it go. It's kind of it's it's humorous though, so I think people just get a kick out of it. Anyway, Artemi Panarin scored, Marchenko, Voronkov scored, Provorov scored, and then of course we had uh, man, I can't remember who the other Ranger was, but then we had Jack Rosovic score for the Blue Jackets. Um, and he kind of ruined the streak going there, but, yeah, yeah, but great game. But uh, three of the that. four, go- but like uh, he said, three of the four goals that the Blue Jackets scored in that game were scored by Russian players for the Blue Jackets. Uh, you know, Dmitry Voronkov, Kromarchenko, and Ivan Provorov, and Jack Rosovic being the only one that's not Russian that scored a goal for the Blue Jackets in that <laughs> game. And another interesting stat that I saw on Twitter. It was, but one of these stats had to end. They were head to head, clashing. The blue, the the Rangers were nine and zero on back to backs this season. The Blue yeah. Jackets were zero and six on zero and six on Sundays this season. And so, the Rangers were on like an eleven game win streak. 
10. This would have been their 11th win. Yeah. So Rangers on a 10 game winning streak. The Rangers were nine and zero on back to backs this season. And the blue jackets were Oh, and six on Sundays. One of those things had to end. And for the Rangers, they are now nine and one on back to backs and their 10 game winning streak is no more. It's, it's, it's gone. And now instead of being Oh, and six on Sundays, the Blue Jackets are now one and six Let's on go. Sunday this season. <laughs> We're getting millions. Yeah. No, and you know what? I, I mean, I just put an article out. Uh, oh, no, it's actually going to come out tomorrow. Talking about the uh, the future of the Blue Jackets. And I really think that even though this year has not been great, the veterans who are on the team right now are, are have a are going to have a huge impact on the future of this team because they have a lot of young players looking up to them and, and they're helping teach things, guide them in ways. And I mean, much like Yarmo, uh, whether or not some people, some of the veterans might get traded away at times, like they're going to have a long lasting impact on the team as a whole. And it's not easy to lead a team through a losing season when you're winning everything's happy like it's it's kind of easy to be like yeah guys just do that again good job and everything is good but when you're losing and you're losing a lot and you're the the captain boone jenner or you're like one of the alternate captains or even like the coach you have to lead your team through that it's hard it's just so much harder than like winning a whole lot and uh, or I can imagine it would be. I don't know. I've not really been a coach. I've not. I've really been on a losing team like that either. Like many of these guys probably haven't until recently as well. I mean, we have guys from Michigan coming on board and whatnot. So, looking forward to what the future lies in store for the, the lies in store for the future of the Blue Jackets for sure. They showed some great glimpses of that in that Ranger game. Uh, great teamwork, great passing. A uh, few mistakes, and it's time to make that a habit. Mm-hmm. And so, and I also think that from here on out too, it seems like so. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about this last thing. And I'm, I'm gonna hand it over to you to close. Um, yeah. So it seems that um, <clears throat> I totally lost my train of thought. Oh my god, <laughs> I feel so ridiculous now. Uh, oh yeah, so you know how there's been a lot of new faces on the team. There's been over 66 line combinations this year. Sometimes there's been people called up, but down to, to the monsters. There's been injuries again. So with the way that last season went with the injuries and all the shuffling around and this year, it's almost understandable that the team has not been super cohesive and they haven't gelled together quite as much. Because you got to think about this too. Uh, Goodbranson and Goudreau, are only on their second full season with the team. It can take a while for even an experienced veteran to fully blend into a team and to understand that, that play style, uh, for both the team to understand their play style and him to understand the teams. And so this season, while it's disappointing, is also not necessarily the biggest surprise in that. The, but towards the, like, now we're about over three quarters of the way through the year. 
And now that they're starting to connect passes, they're knowing where people are. They're, they're doing blind passes, no looks, and they're understanding where people are on the ice. There was one, like one pass the other night that went like really to no one. Uh, Marchenko was down by the net in the Rangers game, and he did like a kind of like a spinorama backhand. Uh, it just kind of like flew out into the middle of the ice, and nobody was there to get it and whatnot. I know, so. I know what you're getting at there. He he's kind of on like a a kind of a breakaway thing, and he should have shot it. Instead, you know, I know what he's trying to do there. You know. You know, he's trying to pass it to Yegor Chinikov, where if if Yegor Chinikov gets that puck, he's wide open, and he has a good chance to score on that, which is understandable, and I can see why he did that. But Krill Marchenko, I know you're good. You, you've become a much better passer at the puck, and you've helped set up some awesome goals. But get greedy. Main, yeah, get get greedy, but, like, realistically, what is the main reason why Krill Marchenko was in the NHL with the Blue Jackets? I'll tell you what that main reason is. It's because he's a sniper and he's really good at shooting the puck and scoring goals. So my preference is in that situation is shoot the puck, put it on net. Because you more likely than not with Krill Marchenko, it's probably going to go in the net. I understand yeah. why he did it because – he sees Yegor Chinakov and trying to set him up for a pass. And if Chinakov gets it, it's probably a goal because he's got a good shot there. But you're Crow Marchenko. You're good at shooting the puck in that scenario. I would have been better, in my opinion, if you would have shot it. Yeah, it was one of those times you could hear people in the stands being like, shoot the puck. And you know how there's always that one guy at a game that's like, shoot the puck. Like, dude, they're hockey players. They know how, like, they know they're supposed to shoot it. And to win but you know at that moment i almost was screaming it too just like shoot it <laughs> like, yeah. i saw him pass yeah. it was kind of a yeah. bummer but anyway my, yeah my thing my thing is when i see that happen during the game and i'm watching on my computer it happens every time like ah, you gotta put that on that <laughs> you know so but you know and it, it, it happens. You rather have him shoot it, but you understand why he did it. You know, it is uh, what it is. And you you do make a good point, Hefty Duck, is that you do see a lot more cohesiveness, better passing, and it, it just seems better now. They're getting to a point where it just seems better. They're playing better, better offense, better defense, better passing. It's just coming together. And I'm paraphrasing the quote, but the Blue Jackets posted something all over social media of a quote that Pascal Vincent said in a press conference. And the basic idea of it is basically that they're coming together. You can see it. And when you play as a team and you play for each other, that's when you start really taking off and yeah, you can see it. You can legitimately see it. <clears throat> yeah, no. And uh, that was, I've read that quote earlier and I thought it was really great. Um, it says something is happening with that group. What I'm seeing is they work for each other right now. They play for each other. When you do that, that's when you create a team. Uh, so true. Yeah. You know, because when you don't maybe aren't as familiar with the guys you're playing with, you really just have to try your best that you can do. But now that you're knowing everybody, I mean, you can kind of lean on these people now a bit. Not that you aren't trying to do your best that you can do, but you're working. You're not alone. You're not working alone. You know, right. like, right. um, like I feel like, oh, well. 
we'll get into this here next week, I'm sure, a bit. But uh, for now, I think we do have to wrap it up. Kevin, is there anything you'd like to – oh, wait. I'm going to start with William. Yeah. William, is there anything you'd like to shout out or say yet today? Um, shout out to Bjork Swing on Twitter and join the FHL. I'm going to say it since they're not here. And follow me on Twitter at that one CBJ fan. And finally, follow Brew Jackets on TikTok and Kick. Do it. TikTok. And you said Kick? Kick. Kick? Yeah. Like the streaming yeah. thing? Okay. Yeah. It's do that. A, I know what it is. I'm not that old, William. Yeah, yeah. Not the streaming yeah. thing is a different thing called Quicks. It's like TikTok. Oh, Quicks. Oh, TikTok ripoff. Funny. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, just go call us. Just look up. Yeah, Brew Jackets, I guess. Hefty Duck and I were, you know, we're kind of a little bit too old for that, you know. Hey, man, we're, our we're not exactly really sure cool. what that is. Kind of old man yells at Cloud Boomer in, in regards to that stuff, you know. Two weeks to the day till our birthday. Bam. They are we um no but no william does stuff for us that's very helpful because he's part of the younger generation that you know <laughs> we don't necessarily get so thank you william yeah dope well yeah on to you kevin anything else that you'd like to add today yeah i'm just gonna keep playing this video every time we do a show because i'm just so excited for it <laughs> um you know that video being this. Those of you not watching, this is the hype video where it shows Boone Jenner standing in Ohio Stadium. Yeah, I'm going to play that one more time because that just really gets me going. I just love it. <laughs> So sick. Dude. Oh, Can't no. wait. That'll be March 1st. That's, I can't believe it's finally official, officially uh, announced, though. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm just so excited for that. <laughs> the Blue Jackets are getting an outdoor game, and I'm excited. I'm hyped, excited. It, it's just going to be great. I'm going to go there. And that may be the only, besides like the home opener next season, that may be the only game I go to because it's going to be probably really expensive. But it is what it is because it's a once in a lifetime experience that the Blue Jackets will probably never get again. So if you have the chance to do it, you got to do it. Go see the Blue Jackets play at the outdoor hockey game at the shoe at Ohio State when they play the Detroit Red Wings. It's just going to be great. I'm just so excited for it. And every show we do from now on, I'm just going to play that video because <laughs> it's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't wait to. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's something that you like the, our account has posted about a lot on Twitter, <laughs> uh, a lot from you, but also from myself, too. And, it, yeah, uh, it, yeah, you know, I'm it, looking it, a lot forward to it. Oh, hey, uh, wait, sorry. I'll do this when I, my, I finish. Go ahead. Yeah. Continue. It, you know, no, you're right, Happy Duck. If you're paying attention to like our show or our Twitter page, it's basically <laughs> like one of a couple things. It's like uh, 
you're calling out the dumb plumbing excuses that Ohio State used. We want a hockey game at the shoe. Please, please let the Blue Jackets have one. Talking about Gavin Brindley, Blue Jackets prospect, and like one or two th- other things. That's basically our Twitter page in a nutshell, you know, basically. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so yeah, I'm excited. The Blue Jackets are getting an outdoor hockey game at the shoe. It's going to be great. Um, I'm going to be there. Uh, anyways, um, of course, you know, can't forget about this stud. What a beauty. Just a beauty. William, just a beauty. And, you know, um, more dress clothes photos coming soon, by the way. Oh, let's go. That's going to be great. And, you know, this is such a great picture. What a stud. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's my current profile picture. Look at that, man. Oh, you can find <laughs> me. Got the purple curtain in the back. Oh, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> a great picture of Hefty Duck. What a, what a beauty. Great picture. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that's that. And uh, let's see here. Okay, as I do every show, look. We love Coop. We love Coop. Yes, that's my brother's dog, Cooper, who I saw this past Saturday, and that was fun. It was, I got to it was see fun. him, too, through video. That is true. William, you did see Cooper on the Discord. You did. That was the greatest day of my life. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay, just, again, Zach Wierenski, just, if you ever see this, just wear this suit. Cause <laughs> I, because... I need it for the memes and the laughter, but when you wore the suit during the 2016-2017 season, the Blue Jackets won a lot of games. So, you know, I'm just saying, if you wore that suit, the Blue Jackets probably win a lot of games this season. And then you could have some fun with this. You and Adam Fantilli and Nick Blankenberg and Kent Johnson and eventually Gavin Brindley could call come in wearing Michigan suits and, I don't know, have some Blue Jackets probably wear an Ohio State suit. Do Ohio State, Michigan. I don't know. Uh, that's besides the point. Uh, you know. Anyways, um, one last thing for me is, you know, go check out Union Blue Soldiers, a fun Blue Jackets themed group that I run. So, yeah, go check it out right here. Union Blue Soldiers, go check it out. We got a lot of fun stuff planned for this upcoming year and beyond it's 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 just gonna be great so again go go check out union blue soldiers a fun blue jackets themed fan group that i help run so there's that anyway <laughs> i'm out dope all right so um you know speaking of union blue soldiers and everything obviously with our posts and everything we've made especially one recently where we talk about chief blue jacket and how he's actually not related to the blue jackets themselves um obviously we we love the union soldier theme that that um i mean the blue jackets are based on right literal soldiers from the civil war and so to me it, it only makes sense that they do a lot of military appreciation stuff so during games, if you, for some reason you've never been to a Blue Jackets games, um, go. Nationwide's Arena is an amazing arena. It's it's um, nice. It's clean. It smells nice. Great food. Uh, but the the Blue Jackets do a military salute every game. 
uh, where it's where they bring out a uh, military member or veteran. They stand next to Leo Welsh, who sings the national anthem. And then later on in the game, they're, they're uh, showcased up on the, the big screen. And, you know, everyone uh, is able to appreciate them for their service and give them some applause. And then they're gifted a military-themed jersey, which Thursday night, this coming Thursday, is Military Appreciation Night uh, at Nationwide Arena for the Blue Jackets. And they're doing some really cool stuff. So I mentioned the military-themed jerseys. They're going to have an auction with some of that stuff in it. They're going to have uh, a raffle as well for, I think, some jerseys and stuff. And they're doing something else that's really cool. But uh, this is my main point is right here. Um, they're going to be – they're doing these shout-outs right now. So what they're looking for is military service members uh, to, like, honor, like, during this – Military Appreciation Night Thursday. And they would like people to basically military members to submit their video. There's a link. I shared it on our Twitter. We can find it on the Blue Jackets Twitter. You can find it on my personal Twitter at Lance Schrock. But if you know some military members, get them to make a video. They're going to be showcased during the game and uh, on social media. And I'm going to be at the game. So I'm looking forward to seeing all these shout outs. I think it's one of the coolest things the Blue Jackets uh, are able to get to do throughout the year uh, like i said obviously we love the union soldiers theme um but i also appreciate the modern day military too um you know they uh they definitely uh, have to sacrifice a lot and do a lot and we're appreciative so shout out to our military friend colin that's right yeah oh hey i'm gonna have to message him maybe uh just to gonna do a, a shout out okay. actually anyway Wanted to shout that out. You know, don't forget to. I mentioned following us on Twitter. Don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, whatever the you're at, wherever you are watching us from or listening to us from. We appreciate all of you. And if you're going to a game, you know, shout out the Brew Jackets. I'll come say hi. I'll come meet you. <laughs> uh, I had to meet a good friend, uh, Laura Norman, last game as uh, again as well. It's pretty cool from. CB Objectively podcast, and I always like meeting people in real life. There, I met a guy from the network ourselves, uh, Neil Viapano from THPN. There, uh, really neat. I, the reason I say this is because I saw JJ and Jackets didn't say anything before they went to a game the other night that I was at, and I'm not offended. I'm a little offended, uh, but you know, shout us out anyway. <laughs> this has been a great episode thanks guys for being here thank you all for listening or tuning in as well and we'll see you here in one week and a day normally we do wednesdays but tonight we had to do tuesday because the next uh tomorrow's game and yeah if there's any other wednesday games will be tuesday keep it in mind we'll post about it anyway we'll see ya bye <laughs>